This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. U.S. Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona came to Morgantown Wednesday to discuss mental health. I'm pretty open about it, the fact that I believe across our country, our students are moving quicker in this than our systems. That story and more coming up on this West Virginia Morning. 57,000 railroad workers are set to go on strike beginning Friday, prompting a nationwide rail shutdown and a logistics crisis. As Shepard Snyder reports, some transit services in the eastern panhandle could also be affected. The dispute between railroad companies and two of the largest railroad unions is over attendance policies that punish workers from attending important appointments, like doctor's visits or family emergencies. The Maryland Department of Transportation's MARC trains run on rails owned by CSX Transportation, one of the largest railroad companies in the U.S. CSX Brunswick Line, which runs MARC trains from Martinsburg to Washington, D.C., could end up suspending service starting Friday. Information provided by the MDOT to West Virginia Public Broadcasting says the agency recommends for passengers to find alternate travel options, with recommended options posted on their website. Amtrak also announced long-distance commuter routes based around the Washington region would be suspended as of tomorrow morning. This includes the Capital Limited, which runs from D.C. to Chicago and includes stops in Martinsburg and Harpers Ferry. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Shepard Snyder in Martinsburg. West Virginia is getting grants from the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, mostly to improve drinking water. Curtis Tate has more. The state will receive more than $26 million from the EPA, according to U.S. Senators Joe Manchin and Shelley Moore Capito, both members of the Senate Appropriations Committee. The West Virginia Department of Health and Human Resources will get $18 million for low-interest financing to plan, design, and construct eligible drinking water projects. The agency will get another $7.5 million to address the contamination of drinking water with PFAS or forever chemicals. A report from the U.S. Geological Survey found PFAS in 67 of West Virginia's drinking water systems. The Fayette County Commission will receive a grant to address brownfield properties. West Virginia University will receive a pollution prevention grant. The grants are from last year's Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Curtis Tate in Charleston. There's been a strong reaction to West Virginia's ban on abortion announced Tuesday. Caroline McGregor reports. West Virginia's new ban on abortion will take effect as soon as Governor Jim Justice signs the bill, which is expected imminently. The new law replaces a 19th century state law and outlaws abortion. It does include exceptions for certain severe fetal anomalies, medical emergencies, and non-viable fetuses. There's also provision for pregnancies resulting from rape or incest. The abortion must be performed in a hospital within eight weeks for adults and 14 weeks for minors, but only in cases reported to law enforcement. Reacting to the ban, West Virginia Freeze Margaret Pomponio said she doesn't consider that an exception. We know that two-thirds or more of uh, rape victims and survivors do not report to police. And for victims of incest, it's even higher. Republican Senator for the 6th District, Mark Maynard, said the bill was a compromise. HB 302 wasn't as strong as I would have liked to have seen it, but I feel like it will save quite a few of the unborn. You know, rape and incest is a terrible situation, but I feel like sometimes we're playing God when we say you can kill these babies, but you can't kill these. 
Co-chair of the White House Gender Policy Council, Jennifer Klein, talked to WVPB about the new ban on abortion in West Virginia. It's obviously an extreme uh, restriction on the right to seek an abortion and to uh, get medical services and wildly out of step with what the the vast majority of Americans uh, believe they should be able to, to do, which is have autonomy to make decisions about their own bodies. In a statement from the Women's Health Center of West Virginia, Communications Director Kaylin Barker said the center will continue delivering health services, including annual exams, birth control, cancer screenings, and family planning. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Caroline McGregor in Charleston. The changes continue on how our legislature plans to improve education. Randy Yoey reports on a change in chairmanship, new improvement goals, and a new education committee with a familiar face at the lead. As the Education Committee chair for three years, Senator Patricia Rucker, a Republican from Jefferson County, was a champion of promoting alternative schooling and an architect of the now-under-legal-review Hope Scholarship Program, funding qualified families choosing alternatives to public schooling. But she says not to ignore the many bills passed during her watch to help public school students. We tried to pass bills on accountability. Not all of them made it through. We also increased local control for our local county school boards. It was one of my platform issues. After Rucker announced her challenge to lead the Senate, Senate President Craig Blair removed her from the post and appointed Senator Amy Grady, a Republican from Mason County, as Education Committee Chair. Blair spoke to the State Board of Education Wednesday morning. His expected topic was to ask the state to create a new office of non-traditional education. His theme instead, forging a stronger partnership. I look forward to the legislature and the state board ad, county board's ads, teachers, school service personnel, administrators, all having a direct pipeline together, working together to do the one thing that we all care about. And that is to educate our students. Grady is a fourth grade teacher and the first full-time public school educator to hold the post since 1970. She says her priorities are the students in their classrooms. So I want to make sure that everything we do is focused on what's best for the students. And that would be, that's, that's a priority in everything that we do. Um, I'd like to first look at, we're top heavy. So I'd look at how we can trickle that down and, and have more money for the classroom and for the teachers rather than administratively. Blair also told the Board of Education that he's formed a new select committee on alternative education and named Senator Rucker as chair. Rucker says her task will be to help facilitate public and private school program implementation. My understanding is we'll be looking at everything across the board. Local school improvement councils, like we have a bill to help that be better implemented that's going to come up in this next legislative session, I hope. Alternative educational opportunities will encompass things like charter schools, micro schools, homeschooling, and any other type of alternative educational opportunity state of West Virginia. The Senate outlook on education is Grady working on improving public schools from the classroom up, Rucker on the best way to implement alternative education, and Blair orchestrating partnerships and progress. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie in Charleston. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 7.52. Patchy fog this morning, otherwise sunny skies today. Highs in the 70s and low 80s. Clear overnight with lows in the 50s. And sunny tomorrow with highs in the 70s and 80s. 
Support for the weather forecast is provided by the attorneys at Torres Save a Law, representing firefighters, police officers, and West Virginia families. Information at TorresSaveAlaw.com. And by the Division of Rehabilitation Services, providing consumer-driven vocational solutions to help people with disabilities get or keep a job. Vocational services at WVDRS.org. Call 1-800-RADIO-87 or go to wvpublic.org to pledge your support to West Virginia Public Broadcasting. U.S. Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona came to Morgantown Wednesday. As Chris Schultz reports, the visit focused on student mental health. Cardona stopped at West Virginia University as part of the week-long Road to Success back-to-school bus tour. I really want to hear from you directly. I I feel very strongly that if we're going to improve education across the country, we have to listen to those we serve, right? He sat down with student leaders at the university to discuss the importance of students' mental health and how schools should be reimagined as they reopen after COVID-19. Cardona emphasized asking the students questions and hearing their feedback. We really pushed the American Rescue Plan dollars to be used for the mental health supports of our students. One of the things that I'm really impressed with here, that there's an advisory board, a student advisory board. I'm pretty open about it, the fact that I believe across our country, our students are moving quicker in this than our systems. Shortly after the event, the Department of Education announced nearly $6 million for West Virginia to address youth mental health issues. The announced funds, part of the $2 billion bipartisan Safer Communities Act, will go towards creating healthier learning environments for K-12 students, including through increased school-based mental health support. At WVU, Cardona emphasized the need for further investments at all levels, specifically in technology like telehealth, to meet modern students where they are. The acknowledgement and the resources put toward mental health support through telehealth, like that's critical. Students are more likely to access uh, or reach out through their phones now, and this university understands that and embraces that as an opportunity. Cardona said that for things to be better for future students, good mental health support must also extend to educators. You know, I talk a lot about giving teachers better working conditions and competitive salaries, but the working condition means that when you're going to work, you're at your best, you have the supports that you need for for your students. Parira O'Kaley, vice president of the WVU Student Government Association, was one of the student leaders that sat down with Cardona. I think this was a great conversation because we're able to highlight our perspectives as students that sometimes even administrators aren't able to do, especially just being the cohort that's been through COVID. Um, Obviously, things look so different. WVU Student Government Association President Chloe Hernandez said she was humbled by the opportunity to collaborate with Cardona, as well as her fellow student leaders, on the issue of mental health. I definitely think it does help kind of highlight and dismantle the stigma, um, especially in a state with so many different backgrounds and different students who come from all these different places. It's really important to kind of recognize the resources on campus and improve on the accessibility. Secretary Cardona's bus tour continued on to Pittsburgh from Morgantown and will take him across Pennsylvania and into New Jersey to finish out the week. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Chris Schultz in Morgantown. 
West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from West Virginia University, Concord University, and Shepherd University. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.